Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is The Crossover, an NBA show hosted by Sports Illustrated's Chris Mannix and Howard Beck. It's a whole new level for you and me, Chris, this relationship. Like and subscribe for the best weekly NBA content these two are capable of. What does that mean? Could be the best duo ever. I don't see how you can beat that. Here they are, Chris Mannix and Howard Beck. All right, welcome back. Crossover NBA podcast, Chris Mannix and Howard Beck. And Howard, for the second consecutive week, I am starting this podcast a little travel weary. I was in Las Vegas this past weekend for the Canelo Alvarez fight. A connecting flight in Salt Lake City. It was delayed three hours. I didn't get back into Boston until 3.30 in the morning on Monday. So I'm not feeling great right now. I just want to let you know that ahead of time. Uh, so this is you're going to blame this on travel and not say your after work activities in Vegas. Is that what you're trying no, to convince I, me in the audience? There's I mean, look, I, I have been known to pull a 12 to 18 hour gambling night with the best of them when called for. But this time of year, man, like and given uh, my advanced age at this point, like I don't recover <laughs> Like I used to. Like you're you're I can advanced only, stage. I can only go out like that if I have like a thirty six hour window to do nothing the next day. Because I, I need that. Plus, I would also need to spend like three hundred to five hundred dollars on the IV doctor out in Vegas to <laughs> kind of push me in the right direction. And uh that's not on the table I, right now. But I uh, mean I, yeah. I think the revelation in all this is that uh you have a 12-hour gambling night somewhere in your routine, which explains why you need 17 jobs. Like, this all makes so much more sense to me now. Let me tell you something. I, one of my better gambling nights was it was during the All-Star game in New Orleans. I want to say like 08, 09, something like that, 10, 12 years ago. And I wound up at Harrah's at, you know, like probably 10 o'clock at night the night before, or like a Friday before the All-Star game, and there were several NBA players at my craps table, and everyone was on a heater. I didn't leave that table. I think it was like 11.30 noon the next morning. It it was a bender and a half, and uh, I can tell you, those 
Those NBA players did not perform well in the All-Star game. So it wasn't just me that was <laughs> battling. I, I distinctly recall the guys at my table, and they did not perform up to expectations. But that Harris in New Orleans, that's trouble, man. Everybody looks at Vegas as being the spot to go to, but that Harris is, uh, is trouble. Anyway, let's dive in, Howard. we got a lot to get to today. We're going to look at some of the struggling teams right now and uh, break out the old panic meter to see how concerned we should be about a handful of teams this early in the season. Before we start, Howard, it has been kind of an ugly week in the NBA. ESPN reported some disturbing behavior from Suns owner Robert Sarver that's now being investigated by the NBA. In Portland, there is an internal investigation of Blazers president Neil O'Shea about how he has allegedly created a hostile work environment within the Blazers organization. Let's start with with Phoenix, Howard. Your reaction to the ESPN story and the fallout, which has included some pretty strong denials from Sarver, from members of the organization. Um, You know, they are not taking this story lying down. I'll say that for them at this point. They're not, and they went on the full-on counterattack trying to attack the credibility and the rigorousness of the reporter, Baxter Holmes of ESPN. And, you know, you and I have known Baxter for a long time. Um, He spent a year on this. He spoke to 70 uh, current and former employees of the Suns. ESPN is not running that story without having done an incredibly uh, rigorous, responsible job of fact-checking, I have no doubt. So... I don't think Robert Sarver and the Suns organization have um, a lot of ground to stand on with their counter attack. Um, Yeah, you can say, like, uh, naturally, I'm a reporter. I'm probably going to my initial instinct is to side with the reporter. But listen, they, they spent an incredible amount of time and resources on this, clearly. And... They talked to a lot of people, including people on the record. If this were 100% anonymous and Sarver's counterattack was to say, this is just a bunch of people smearing me behind the protection of, of anonymity, I, that, that would have a little bit more uh, substance to it from, from that, um, that, that, that counterattack. But Earl Watson's on the record and repeatedly and um, plus... Dozens and dozens of people who are, whether validating or or, or, uh, verifying his recollections or their own, there's way too much here to just say that, oh, this is somebody's agenda. This is somebody trying. Now, this is 70 people. You you, You can't squirm out of this. Now, granted, this is not, and we should say it right off the top, this is not Donald Sterling where there was a tape. Like the smoking gun was as clear as as could possibly be, and it gave Adam Silver and the NBA um, kind of a clear path to to resolution and removing Donald Sterling. This is less clear, but I'll I'll quote my friend Zach Lowe, who said this on his podcast a few days ago. This isn't he said she said or he said he said. This is he said they said, and I thought that was a really important point to make. It's they, and it's a lot of they's. So. Um, you know, the NBA will be the ultimate arbiter. The the law firm they hired to do this investigation will be the ultimate arbiter. I would assume they will seek out and find a lot of the same voices that Baxter Holmes of ESPN spoke to. And if that's the case, I assume that that law firm is going to hear the same stories and their report is going to, uh, you know, validate what was in the ESPN report. And if that's the case, we're, we're I mean, we're, we're leaping several steps forward here, Chris, but... If the NBA in its law firm that it's hired can validate, confirm even 80% of what's in that story, I don't see how Robert Sarver can possibly remain as majority owner of the Phoenix Suns. But we're a long really? way from that. See, that's where, I mean, my mind immediately goes there, right? Because I think there's going to be some kind of penalty leveled at Robert Sarver. I don't know what it is. Short of expulsion. I, Short of expulsion. I mean, look, expulsion, it's a big step to take, right? It, to, to All the things Robert Sarver's being accused of are reprehensible. I, I find it disgusting, despicable. Um, but in, in the absence of audio or video, I don't know how you can force a guy 
to sell the team. Now, internally in Phoenix, there could be a revolution of sorts amongst the minority owners that are there. That that could, you could see something like that, an uprising internally in Phoenix. But the idea that the league could force Robert Sarver to sell his team based on what we've read, it doesn't quite line up for you. You remember something Mark Cuban said in the aftermath of the Donald Sterling expulsion? Cuban said it was a slippery slope to start you know, doing this. I think Cuban probably knew that you know, there were Robert Sarvers out there that, you know, owners have their owners behaving badly, quite frankly, in the NBA. So I just, I can't really see, a, maybe unless something new comes out, I can't see a scenario where Robert Sarver is forced to sell the team by the NBA. Because one thing we've learned from this, Howard, is that Sarver's going to fight back. Like, Sterling didn't really fight back. Like, he kind of knew he was cornered on on that uh, when when that came out, largely because the audio was out there. But Sarver has been pushing back every step of the way. And I can't imagine that he'd go quietly into the night. So my guess at this point, that's all it is really is a guess, because the NBA is going to go through the motions of this investigation, is that we're going to see a substantial either financial penalty, loss of draft picks. I I don't know how it will work, but I think we'll see something leveled at Sarver that comes short of being forced to sell his team. Well, let's not forget a really critical element of that Donald Sterling saga several years ago, which is that not only was there a smoking gun, the recording of Donald Sterling saying these horrific things, which helped expedite the entire process of removing him because there was no ambiguity. There was no he said, she said. There were no anonymous sources. It was a tape. It was clear as day, and it did enable the league to move forward in a very uh, uh, judicious manner and and, and an expeditious manner. But the other element, let's not forget, was that the players themselves, the Clippers players, LeBron James, several others, immediately called for Donald Sterling not to, That's they, right. they, didn't even, they didn't immediately call for him to be out. They basically said there's no place for him in this league, which, of course, is essentially the same as saying he had to go. So when you had a movement of players at that time saying Donald Sterling cannot be a franchise owner in this league, having said the things he said that we have all now heard, that made it that much more imperative for the league to act um, quickly and definitively. In this case, Chris... Okay, we don't have the smoking gun. We don't have the recording, at least that any of us know of right now. But a report's going to come. A report from this law firm will come. And if that report definitively confirms, as I say, even 80% of what's in the ESPN story, much less 100%. And by the way, they could find more. They might talk to witnesses and employees who ESPN didn't even speak to along the way. They might find more people. More people may come out of the woodwork because this is now out there. What that report will do when it's there for everybody to read is make it that much more definitive that, and I'm assuming something here, so we'll we'll see if the allegations hold up, but it could say, yes, Robert Sarver said these things. Robert Sarver did these other things. And here are this many more people who we, the law firm, have spoken to confirming all this. And when it's there in black and white, in a report that was commissioned by the NBA, it will be that much more difficult for Sarver to refute or for anybody to ignore. And at that time, if the players themselves, starting with the Suns, but certainly the Players Association, players across the league, if they say, this is definitive, this is not anonymous sources, this is a a law firm that was commissioned to do an investigation, and the result of that investigation is, yes, Robert Sarver said and did a bunch of horrible things, racist things, sexist things, that can't be ignored, then whether it's initiated by the league office or whether it's initiated by the players themselves, I cannot imagine any outcome other than a process to say he's got to go. And maybe that is a formal process to remove Robert Sarver. I have to believe that the more likely scenario is that, again, if all of these things are confirmed, the pressure is is so immense that he exits on his own, that he simply sells his majority share, whether it's to his uh, his his fellow owners, the, the the minority owners of the Suns, whether it's to a new investor. But 
it doesn't have to be removal. It could just simply be that the pressure becomes so immense and the embarrassment and the spectacle of it so uh, so great that Sarver moving on or, or, or selling his part, part of the team is the only option. And I would also just say this, um, even if he doesn't want to go, uh, if all again, if all these things are confirmed by the law firm, how do the Suns function? How many players yeah. are going to want to go there? How many agents are going to want to deal with them? Uh, community groups, fans, the backlash will be from all sides. And I think the only thing that's preventing that right now is, well, it's an ESPN report and it is mostly anonymous sources. It will, it will take on a different level of, of, of feeling official, of, of uh, a different, different level of legitimacy um, when it's a league-commissioned law firm that has conducted an investigation um, with, with perhaps much more latitude to, uh, to ferret out all the details. When that happens, it's going to be a lot harder for them, for the Suns and for Sarver to avoid. I agree. I think that the number of on-the-record people the NBA can get in its investigation will matter, and the pressure that Robert Sarver feels in the aftermath of this investigation, the pressure on his ability to function, as you said, as the majority owner, it could become challenging and overwhelming, and ultimately he may decide to sell the team. I just... I just don't see the NBA doing to Sarver what they did to Sterling. Sterling, it was cut and dry. It's like, you're out. I I don't see that happening based on the information that we have right now. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's move to Portland, Howard, where the Blazers have their own internal issues to deal with. Over the weekend, the team confirmed that there is an internal investigation going on into Blazers general manager Neil Olshay. Uh, The investigation centers around Olshay allegedly creating a hostile work environment. And I've been told that for the last roughly week or so, uh, investigators have been calling in members of the organization for interviews. They have been calling former staffers and coaches that work for that team to discuss 
uh, how uh, they were treated by Olshay in the past. Um, you know, I, I've got some thoughts on this myself, but give me your uh, your reaction to this investigation into Neil Olshay. The difficulty here, Chris, is that we don't really have any details yet. There's just a broad description of hostile work environment. We don't know what that entails. We don't know how many people it entails. We don't know what kind of behavior it allegedly entails. And so um, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to withhold you know, any, any, there's nothing to judge. I mean, I would say withhold judgment. There's nothing to judge. I don't know what we're, (laughs) I don't know what we're judging yet. Um, I assume we will hear more in the days and weeks to come. Um, or maybe by the time we hear those details, uh, maybe he'll already be out if it's, if it's that bad. And if their internal investigation, uh, you know, you know, discovers that, that things are, are, are that extreme. Um, I had not heard any hint of anything like this in prior years. I had never gotten any sense that there was any trouble in Portland. Up until now, the most pressure on Neil O'Shea with regard to his job with the Blazers was whether or not he'd done enough to, you know, get Damian Lillard a, a championship-level supporting cast. As a basketball matter, he was already, I think, under fire in some quarters. Obviously, the Chauncey Billups hire uh, was, was, you know, a, a notable um, flashpoint as well a couple months ago. But in terms of the way Neil Olshay runs the team, I'd never heard any hint of this until uh, until this surfaced a few days ago. So um, I, listen, I, I will say this, and this is not to minimize whatever Neil Olshay has allegedly done or said. As a basketball matter, this is, this is brutal. Um, they have enough problems as it is right now, obviously, the way that the team has started the season. The fact that Damian Lillard, while he has pledged over and over again he wants to finish his career in Portland, we also had a recent Yahoo report that he did take a meeting that may or may not have been a recruiting meeting with LeBron James and Anthony Davis in L.A. Um, some some time ago. Um, there's already just a lot of, of smoke in the air and a lot of concern um, and you know about where this franchise is headed. Um, and having to remove the head of basketball ops early in a season in which your team is already struggling, even if it's for all the right reasons, still, that's just that much more tumult. It does not speak well to the stability of the Trailblazers. So here's my, my takeaway from, and I've talked to people within that organization that are, and this has been something they've been keenly aware of for, like I said, over a week now. If the the investigators are going to find evidence of a hostile work environment, um, you know, Neil, he's he's got a, an abrasive style. Let's call it that at times. He can and has been known to yell at people internally, and that has certainly rubbed people the wrong way. I would also point out that when you start calling people that have been fired by Neil Olshay, you're likely to get people talking. Like, you know, the, the entire coaching staff was broomed out uh, less than a year ago, and you start calling them, they're not going to have any allegiance to Neil or to have any desire to protect him. So I'm sure they're talking to these investigators and telling some things that don't make Neil look all that good. My question is that, you know, if they find evidence of a hostile work environment does it rise to the level of termination? And I think I do think from talking to people that there are people internally, higher-ups in Portland, that are trying to push Neil out and to do it in a way where they don't have to pay off the remainder of his contract. Like, if you are found to have created a hostile work environment, that is grounds for firing for cause. And you can fire Neil without uh, paying whatever's left on his contract. I think that's a variable in all this, but Neil's, you know, Neil's a, yeah, look, he's, he's a, he's a cursor. He's a, he'll yell at you. Like I, Jason quick from the uh, athletic wrote a good story about this, where he kind of described his own interactions with Neil, where there's been you know, some feisty back and forth uh, between them. So, you know, that's, I, I think they're going to find evidence of, of what they're looking for. The question to me is, does Jody Allen and the people that are in power there above Neil O'Shea, do they see that as grounds for firing him? Or do they just tell Neil, you know, you got to cool it, you know, we'll, you know, change your ways, change your tactics, and we'll move on from there. It doesn't help Neil's case that, you know, the Blazers aren't very good, and they're in kind of this weird place right now where 
you know, are, are they going to build around the Lillard McCollum backcourt? Are they going to trade it and blow it up? You know, I, I do think there are people within the organization that would like to see Neil gone just to bring somebody in that, you know, would start over, reboot this whole thing. Because Neil is Neil's very loyal. This is, again, pivots it to basketball. But Neil is very loyal to the guys he's drafted. That's why it, it, it's unlikely we see a C.J. McCollum trade anytime soon. Damian Lillard, of course, uh, largely off the table right now in Portland. Uh, I, 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 don't, I don't know how this plays out for Neil O'Shea, but I can tell you that if they're looking for evidence of a hostile work environment, they're going to find it. It just, again, it just depends on what, you know, what these, what these stories that are being told rise to. And if they, in the minds of the power brokers above Neil in Portland, rise to a level where it warrants him being terminated. Yeah, and listen, again, as a basketball matter, we don't, you know, we, we know so little about what the nature of the hostile work environment is or what his alleged offenses would be. So it's hard to, to, to judge. But as a basketball matter, um, you know, maybe this is the, a good time for them to pivot. Maybe it is time for change. You know, uh, he's been there, what, a decade? Um, 2012, yeah, nine years. And so, you know, that's a pretty good long run for a GM or team president. His obviously signature move was drafting Dame in the first place. There were some good teams along the way. They've had their moments. They've had their injury troubles. Um, I don't think that, you know, just because they've had some, they've fallen short, I don't think Neil O'Shea has done a bad job. Um, it's really hard to get that second star. It's really hard to build in a smaller market where you're not really uh, a candidate for, for top free agents. That's not the place that Anthony Davis was going to force a trade to. It's not the place that Jimmy Butler was going to go or that LeBron James was going to go or Kevin Durant was going to go. You got to do it differently. But he did draft Dame Lillard with a six overall pick the year that they drafted him. And he has done a pretty good job, I think, of putting in uh, putting talent around him. We can pick apart various draft picks, free agent signings, whatever. You can do that with almost every GM in the league. So on balance, I don't think it's, 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 it's a, you know, he hasn't done a terrible job. He hasn't, I'm not sure he's done a spectacular job, but he, like he's done the job. Um, and maybe they do need a new voice or a new vision anyway, as a basketball matter. And maybe this is the impetus for the Blazers to make that change. It could work out for the positive for them, for all we know. Although, hiring a new GM in the middle of an ongoing season in which your star player was already the subject of much speculation is not ideal to say the least. Uh, um, I'll be very curious to see how long this investigation takes and what it finds. I am going to assume that this is not garden variety yelling at people. Every organization, not every organization, you and I have both come across plenty of people, Chris, in this business, GMs and coaches and team presidents and others who it's, it's sports, it's intense, it's competitive, it's demanding. And that comes out in a variety of ways. It wouldn't be the first time that somebody yelled at somebody or dropped an F-bomb. Like, that's just sports. But there are lines, and there are lines you don't cross. I, did he cross any of those lines? That's yeah, and I, I think I think he probably has. Like, I, I know what you're saying, that, you know, there's yelling that goes on in every organization. And I'm not excusing old, anything, but... Yeah, but it's... I think he probably crossed some lines there. There are people that, you know... I don't want to say feared him, but, like, you know, crossing him was was something that they thought of, you know, they didn't want to, you know, cross the guy. And that's, uh, that's not a good work environment necessarily. Again, I don't know if that rises to the level of him being forced out of his job, but I, again, I do think they're going to find uh, some evidence of that. One quick thing on Portland. If again, we're putting this going the cart way before the horse, but if Neil O'Shea winds up getting forced out, do not be surprised to hear Danny Ainge's name connected to that job that I don't know if Danny would take it, um, but I would expect Danny Ainge to be in the mix for a vacancy in Portland. It's uh, it's one of the cities he's been connected to over the years because of his uh, history there. So uh, I would expect to see that uh, that name come up in the coming weeks and months if uh, this goes south for O'Shea. In Portland. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. 
if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's run through some of the uh, teams that are struggling right now. I want to break up the panic meter here, Howard, and uh, get your thoughts on where we are as far as these teams that are struggling. I want to start with the Lakers. And for context, let's go 1 to 10 here. 1 means everything is fine. It's the, you know, don't worry about it. No big deal. This team's going to get through it. 10, five-alarm fire right now within that organization. Make a trade. Make a signing. Make a coaching change. Do whatever. Uh, let's start here. Let's start with the Lakers, um, who are down LeBron James right now. Russell Westbrook is playing poorly. The bench isn't great. The defense has been mediocre. Where is your panic level right now with the Los Angeles Lakers? So I was trying to think on a panic scale. What is the right panic? What is the emblem of the panic scale and the best I could come up with is the this is fine dog sitting in the room ablaze around him. So I'm going to put these all on a scale of 1 to 10 this is fine dogs. Um, are we starting with the Lakers? Starting with the Lakers, yeah. See, this is tough because I, I can't build up to it. So I'm just going to come out um, blazing, for lack of a better term. This is 10. This is 10 this whoa, is fine dogs. Whoa. I've got 10 dogs across my screen, all surrounded by fire. And they think they're fine. They're not. I don't normally, you know, you know me. I'm not exactly prone to hyperbole. But, Chris, this is bad. This is really bad. Um, let's, re- quick review. They're 5-5. Five and five, But two of the wins are against the Rockets, who are basically, a, 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 you know, in the second year of a full-on tank. And of their losses, two of them are against the Thunder, who are also in a full-on tank. Um, there's nothing really to, to seize on right now that, that suggests anything positive. Uh, LeBron is injured, so that's a caveat for some of their struggles, but also LeBron is injured. That's bad. (laughs) LeBron is turning 37 in another month and a half. And he's got, these are starting to add up every season now. It's it's these lingering injuries. This is abdominal, right? Abdominals are tough. This is not some, this is not just a, a turned ankle. Abdominals are tough. An abdominal injury you know, early, it was early in my, my Laker beat writing career. An abdominal injury nearly derailed Shaq's career before the great Alex McKechnie, uh, who came to work for them and got Shaq straightened out and got his abdominal all, all back in order. Um, I don't know how long that abdominal might uh, might linger, but in the past, these things for, for players uh, have been troublesome. So there's that. Um 
the best case scenario for the Lakers before the season was, well, if LeBron's out for a little while, at least you've got an elite playmaker and offense creator in Westbrook. Well, Westbrook is a disaster right now. Their team defense is awful. Uh, like, I just, you know, Anthony Davis is not enough. You know, we're, we're now right back to, is Anthony Davis really as good as we thought he was before? You know, the Pelicans years, he's criticized for not being able to carry a team far enough. Is he really a superstar if he can't do that? Well, now he's he's it's him again without LeBron. He's got Westbrook. And they're they're not better than the sum of their parts. They're worse than the sum of their parts. I know I know they've got a bunch of guys hurt, and maybe once all those guys come back, things even out. But for the time being, I mean, this is a team that, at a glance, you you have to start wondering, you know, are, are we looking at the second straight year of them trying to make it out of the play-in? That's where they are right now. Yeah, I'm going to go with a seven and a half on the panic meter right now, and that's largely because, I mean, every time. I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt of those last two and a half panic points because LeBron is so great and still great and oftentimes finds a way to work through issues within the team. But the issues we're seeing right now within the Lakers are not only not surprising because most of them were predicted by basketball people, including writers, before the start of the season, but I don't know how they're fixable. Like, Russell Westbrook is not going to become a high-level shooter. The defense with these players is probably not going to be significantly better. It's not going to morph into a top 10 level defense anytime soon. And to go back to Westbrook, did did you hear what he said after the Blazers loss where he went one for 13 with nine turnovers? He said, I need to play harder. I'm like, you want to play harder? Like, it's never been a problem with. I don't know if harder is the right word for Russell Westbrook. I think it's play smarter. I mean, that lost Oklahoma City last week. I mean, first of all, another blown lead to a Thunder team that, you know, Shea Gilts Alexander is great. Don't get me wrong, but that's that's not a very good team right now. Um, Westbrook comes down and commits a turnover, which, yeah, par for the course. And then with Carmelo Anthony cooking on the other side of the floor, he tosses up a pull-up three. That would have, I think, tied the game or, or given them a lead. Like, decision-making. Like, this is all decision-making. This has nothing to do with playing hard. This has to do with playing smarter. And, you know, Westbrook just is kind of what he is. Like, there, there's going to be games, and he's had them already this season, where he plays great and he can help you win. But there are going to be equal, if not more, games, especially when he's playing in an environment that's unfamiliar and he's playing or being asked to play a role that's not his best, where he is going to struggle. And... I just don't see it. I don't see how it's going to to come together with this team. I, I just don't see it. Look, I mean, let's say, let, you know, fast forward to January. And let's say Trevor Rees is now healthy and in the rotation. And Taylor Horton Tucker's healthy in the rotation. Kendrick Nunn is healthy and in the rotation. LeBron James is back. And they're at full strength. What kind of hole are they trying to dig out of at that moment? Yeah. Um, or whenever it is that LeBron comes back. Because... The hole's going to get deeper without LeBron. I guarantee you that much. We have not seen anything from Westbrook and Anthony Davis and the rest of the guys who are around them. And by the way, like Anthony Davis now has, is, I think, day-to-day with a thumb injury too. Let's also, but, by the way, by the way, Howard, let, let's also point out that, you know, Horton Tucker, Ariza, like, good players. But this is not Jamal Murray coming yeah, back to the Nuggets here. These no, are, these are no. rotational pieces that will certainly provide some value, but they're not game changers, at least not for this team. No, they'll be better when they have all these bodies available. They might be, especially defensively, they should be better with some of these guys. Although, again, Ariza, for all of his defensive prowess, is up there in years. Um, If there's a scenario where everybody is healthy, can the Lakers still figure out a, a, a formula for winning at a high level? Will they have enough time for Westbrook and LeBron to mesh and all the things that we were talking about before the season? Yeah, possibly. But what kind of hole will they have dug for themselves in the meantime, is and is it too big of a hole for LeBron to dig them out of? Because they're really bad without him. Like, really bad. And and Westbrook is not getting any younger. His oh, the game Westbrook is not getting numbers, any more refined. The Westbrook numbers when LeBron's off the floor are bad. Like, the on-offs are just terrible. Yeah. I mean, I, honestly, it, it's hard to look at this Laker team right now and not say that things look pretty freaking bleak. And that LeBron can't get back soon enough. But again, it's an abdominal. You cannot mess around with that. That could could severely crimp the rest of his career if they don't take care of it right, if he were to rush it back. 
Um, but my guess is it, it's it's not days; it's it's weeks at minimum. And I I don't know how the Lakers are going to weather this without him. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Um, the, the Westbrook thing just look. It oftentimes Howard, we in the media are wrong. We don't see the big picture, and things turn out to be different than what we expect. But nobody believed Russell Westbrook was going to fit with that team. And three weeks into the season, he has not fit with that team. And I'm watching Buddy Heald make shots in Sacramento. Um, other deals potentially would have been available. Even keeping that same team together would have been a viable option. Alex Caruso could have come back with that group. I just, I don't, uh, I, I don't see it. I don't see how the Lakers get back onto a championship path with this current mix. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back and bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Milwaukee. Uh, the Bucks, Howard have had big injury issues, right? Like Chris Middleton's been out. Brooke Lopez has been out. These are key players. Giannis has been healthy, but the guys around him have struggled. Where is your concern right now with the Milwaukee Bucks? So on a scale of uh, one to ten, this is fine. Dogs in fire. <laughs> I got three dogs out of ten for the Bucks. I-, I know they're four and six, the defending champs, and that's not what you want to see in the start of your title defense. But Chris Middleton has missed four games. Connaughton's missed four games. Brooke Lopez has been out for nine of their ten games so far as we record this. Drew Holiday has missed six of ten games. They don't have DiVincenzo back yet. They've got way too much of the other Antetokounmpo playing. Thanasis is, is playing a lot of minutes. That's Jordan true. No- Seeing two, two Antetokounmpo's on the floor is not the great thing for Milwaukee. No, no. That's it, not the way you, you want to approach this. I mean, it's nice that Thanasis is there and he can do some things for you, but if you're playing him a ton of minutes, something has gone wrong. Jordan Nawara, like they're just plugging in all these other guys. Like you look at the rotation, you look at the box score on a daily basis. This is not the Bucks team that won the championship. There's guys, you know, guys are out. I think at full strength, they're probably fine. Um, the East has gotten better. We've talked about this a lot. And if you look at their their losses, I mean, they lost to, they're only really bad losses to Minnesota. They lost to Miami, who are a legit contender in the East. They lost the Spurs, who, you know, they're, they're not great, but they're, they're tough. Utah, you know, best record in the league last year. The Knicks are tough. Washington is tough now. So it's not as if they're just, you know, getting obliterated by, by bad teams. It's It's been up and down. They haven't been great. I, I think this is a case of, it's mostly because they don't have 
their ideal rotation together because of injuries and that when things when guys get healthy i think they're fine um there's there's nothing you look at immediately and say this is alarming it's not like Giannis is in some terrible slump um it's not like they're they're, they've got infighting or anything else i'm not overly concerned with the bucks right now no neither am i i would go to um you know yeah, too. Yeah, you're gonna be concerned somewhat by some of the things you're seeing, but like they're getting killed on the defensive glass right now. A big reason for that is the absence of Lopez, who is one of the great box out guys in the NBA. It's not a stat that's kept, I don't think, but Lopez is a tremendous box outer, which enables other players to get rebounds. Middleton, Holiday, these are key players with this team, and there's always a championship hangover that goes into a team as well. I still think this Milwaukee team is more like the one that blitzed Brooklyn in the season opener than the one we've seen for most of the last couple of weeks. When they get their guys back, they're going to be just fine. Uh, Let's go out west. Portland. Uh, The Blazers, they beat the Lakers over the weekend. Damian Lillard, 6 for 14 from three-point range after having an abysmal shooting start. Your concern level with the Portland Trailblazers. So if we were talking about this like a week ago, it might be higher. It's still high. I got seven this is fine dogs in fire out of 10. And maybe the extra, maybe I went from six to seven because of the Neil O'Shea investigation and just the added, um, you know, per, you know, uh, you know, image of, of dysfunction and disarray that that brings. Lillard goes for 25 the other night, nine for 19 from the field, six for 14, as you mentioned, from three. Maybe that is the first signs of him coming out of this early season slump. If Dame is fine, the Blazers are fine. I mean, are they going to contend for a Western Conference title? I, I still don't think they are, but um, their biggest issue early on is just that Dame wasn't Dame. And if, if his he's getting his legs under him or his rhythm back, whatever it is, I'm not overly concerned, but that's a big if. That's one good shooting game. And his numbers overall are still pretty bad over the last week. And so it's a seven. It's a seven because bad start, Dame seeming mysteriously out of it on the court, um, and then the Neil O'Shea thing on top of it. So seven out of ten. What about you? Yeah, I'm going to go seven out of ten as well. Uh, I'm not worried at all about Damian Lillard rediscovering his shooting stroke. I mean, slumps happen in the NBA, and I do think the new ball has something to do with it with some of these players. It's not an excuse that guys should be using, but I do think adjusting to a new basketball is a real thing, and there's something there. Plus, Dame had you know a different type of offseason. He um, you know, got married. He was part of the Olympics, so maybe he wasn't doing the exact same things that he was doing in previous offseasons. So there's a lot of variables that can lead to a slow start, but this is one of the great offensive players in the NBA. He is going to be just fine. Um, the defense has been better. I think they're right in the middle of the pack in the NBA, but they've been really inconsistent, and I was in... Portland, uh, or in Philadelphia, I should say, last Monday, watching the Blazer defense get carved up by the likes of George Niang and Seth Curry and Tyrese Maxey, and that's not going to get it done. Like, this team needs to be top 10, top 15 defensively in the league to make any kind of run in this Western Conference, probably inside the top 10 to make any kind of run. I just don't see it out of then yet. So I still think they're right around a seven, and if they're hovering around 500 in mid-December, Early January, we are going to be revisiting the conversation about do we shake this team up. All right, back to the Eastern Conference. The Boston Celtics, they had a good road trip, Howard. Went 2-1. They beat Miami in the second night of a back-to-back, which was remarkable. Jason Tatum, in the loss to Dallas, finally got it going. But they have been inconsistent defensively. Rotations have been kind of all over the place. Your level of concern for the Celtics. I think I've been as up and down on my concern level for the Celtics as the Celtics have been. Um, I, at this stage, I'm, I'm saying it's a six out of 10. Six, this is fine. Dogs sitting in fire. It would have been higher. <laughs> it would have been higher um, if not for the route of Miami. I thought that was like a signature win. It happened after that players only meeting where, you know, they had to talk about Marcus Smart's critique. And they got Not good having together. a players-only meeting seven games into the season. Let's just say no, that. 
No, never. Um, but if if the player here's how how uh, this is how we frame players only meetings. If the players only meeting is followed by a winning streak, it was a great players only meeting. It's really great they had this airing out session. Uh, if they're still losing a bunch of games, they clearly all hate each other and they should be broken up as soon as humanly possible. I thought the Miami win, while followed by that loss to Dallas. I mean, look, Luca hits a incredible shot, but. Um, I thought there were signs of improved play and improved team play, which was, I think, their their biggest problem. The, the, the bad start, I think Marcus Smart hit it right on the head. They they weren't sharing the ball enough. Um, they were playing better as a team, I thought. And the Miami route was, uh, you know, um, emblematic of that. I the, the reason I actually do pause and might add another dog on the fire is that now Jalen... Is Brown is out for what a couple of weeks at least with a hamstring. Yeah, um, that's a problem. Um, unless maybe, and let me just throw this out there, Chris, and you can have at it. Maybe they're better with one star and supporting cast than two guys trying to figure out their rhythm together because Jalen and, and Jason together have not exactly brought out the best in each other. Um, yeah, they're, they're, not not this season, but years past yeah. they have. I mean, they went yeah. to a conference finals together in Tatum's rookie year. Um, I think they actually complement each other really well. Like They Brown, should. I agree they I, should. And they, they haven't so much early this season. I think a lot of that, though, is on Tatum and his struggle to adjust to the newfound physicality of the NBA. I mean, he spent a lot of time complaining to referees, um, not getting to the free throw line. I think it's more about Tatum than the Tatum and Brown chemistry. And you got to remember, too, Brown... Coming off that 10-day quarantine for COVID, even though he had that great game against New York in the opener, I think there's been some adjustment there as well. My panic was at an 8 prior to the start of this three-game road trip. It's dipped down, though, to a 5. I mean, Tatum's going to come back in a week, 10 days, whatever it is. And what I like about the Celtics now is that Ime Udoka has finally started trusting his young guys. We are seeing minutes from Aaron Neesmith. We are seeing minutes for Romeo Langford. We are seeing minutes from Peyton Pritchard. Like, these guys need to play. Like, I don't know what level they can play at, but all three of them played well in the summer league. All three of them played well in the preseason. Like, you got to give these guys opportunities to go out there and play. And Ime Yodoka on this road trip uh, has done that. I also like, going back to that Miami game, is that we saw what this team can be defensively. I have banged the drum that this Celtics team should be a top-five defensive team in the NBA. They have got the horses to be great defensively. They hadn't shown it up until the first couple of games of this road trip. They did in that swing through Florida. And I think that is more what the Celtics are or can be than what we've seen in the first couple of months, or a couple of weeks, should say, of the season. So as long as the defense continues to trend in a positive direction, uh, I think the Celtics once Brown gets back, uh, will as well. Yeah, no, look, I think um, there's all the reason in the world to believe that this team can can figure it out, get settled. Um, Jalen Brown's injury now is, is is a concern for the short term, and hamstrings can linger. Again, another injury that, that can linger, and so that could be an ongoing concern, and they're not going to be at their best until they have everybody out there and firing and you know, in and, 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 and sync with each other. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not overly concerned about the Celtics at this stage. No. Now, Finally, the Pelicans. Ooh. Ooh. I think I know where you're going to go with this, Howard, but I'll give you the floor first. The Pelicans, one win on the season. Zion Williamson, still out. Brandon Ingram, in and out. They don't really do anything well at this point. What's your level of concern about New Orleans? One and nine. I was typing wins and losses because I wanted to like see who these teams had beaten, who they'd lost. I actually had to shorten wins to win for them. I had to delete the S. <laughs> That's not a good sign. No. The, their one win is against Minnesota, who's not great either. Now um, in a free fall. Timberwolves, after a you know little bit of a surprising start, four straight losses, now they're going to go into a West Coast road swing. Like That's going to be bad. Yeah. So yeah, that's not a quality win. I mean, look, tough schedule, right? Like Here are their losses. Philly. Tough team. Chicago, hot start. Minnesota, Atlanta, conference finalist. Sacramento, they lost to twice. The Kings are, are, are plucky this season. The Knicks are good this season. It's the uh, Phoenix Suns, the Warriors. It's been a tough schedule, and they haven't had Zion. But still, 1-9, like, you're a disaster. This is, I, there are not enough this-is-fine dogs sitting in fire to actually describe this. So it is, it's a full <laughs> 10. 
if I had, if I could cut and paste a few more dogs, I would. This is an utter disaster, Chris, um, for two obvious reasons. One, this was a season they really needed to show some progress and show Zion that they could actually uh, build a functional, high-level, or at least playoff-caliber team. And as like you never, ru- <laughs> it's 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 like always dangerous ru- ruling out anything on November eighth. But this team is not making the playoffs, Chris. They're just not. Um, and Zion is hurt again. And as we've discussed in previous podcasts, I'm very concerned with the number of lower extremity injuries that have already piled up to Zion young early in his career and the toll that his body is, is, is taking from the, his style of play and potentially his weight and his explosiveness. It, it's, it's a little scary. Um, I'm not sure about his future. I'm not sure about the Pelicans' future. I'm not sure about his future with the Pelicans. Um, th- this is, you know... What do they have at, at, at firehouses? A five alarm fire. Um, this is this is ten alarms and lots of dogs sitting in a lot of flames. Yeah, I'm with you. Ten out of ten for the Pelicans, um, and, and I, less so about the long term. I don't like to think too far ahead, especially with guys on rookie contracts. But for this season, they are almost reaching that point where it's going to be too late to dig themselves out of a hole. Now you might say, "Oh, it's only ten, eleven games." into the season, but whenever Zion Williamson comes back, he's not coming back full throttle. He will be on a significant minutes restriction early on while he, A, works his way back into playing shape, which he is not in based on some of the pictures we've seen at the moment, and B, uh, just getting that foot healthy. The, The Pelicans do not want a recurrence of that foot injury. Foot injuries are terrifying for big men, and Zion has had a couple of them now uh, during his career. So, uh, I, I, you know, we're now kind of at that point where the Pelicans, you know, not that they would tank, but like, it's like, what are you going to do here? Like you've, yeah. you've kind of lost the season already. And, um, you know, maybe this season's all about evaluating the future of Zion and Brandon Ingram. I've had plenty of people say to me, they don't think those two guys are well matched for each other in the long term. 10 out of 10 for me, Howard, on the New Orleans Pelicans. Well, and how about this? Just, you know, Brandon Ingram has been an all-star in this league and is a really talented player. Jonas Valanciunas is a good player. Devontae Graham's a, a, a solid shooter, scorer. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Josh Hart. I mean, it, it falls off quickly, but there's some decent talent on this team. Tomas Sadoransky's, you know, an accomplished veteran in this league. I think the question, they, Howard, the question they should really be better. is better. Like, yeah, they, they should be a little bit better, I guess. But remember, Ingram's been in and out as well, so... Yeah, he's missed four. Do? Yeah, he's missed right. four games. Um, That's... That's tough. Well, like the, the question I have, and I don't really know the answer to it, is I mean, Zion, I don't want to say he's unique because that's taking it too far, but he's a different type of player. Like, what are the best fits around him? Like, do you surround him with a whole bunch of shooters like the Magic did with Dwight Howard during the prime of his career? Do you do what the Cavs did and the Heat did with LeBron, one floor space or another lead guard? that he played alongside. I still don't think we've figured out what the success formula is for Zion. He's great, and I'm you know, not really here for the John ja Morant better you know, sort of, sort of argument yet. Yeah, I mean, maybe we'll get there. John ja Morant's great, but let's give this a little bit more time to play out. But you got to figure out what's the best roster around a player with his skill set. And I'm not sure we know that yet. Well, we don't because he's only played 85 games in two-plus seasons. He's barely played more than one season worth of games in over two seasons. Um, And figuring out the best way to build around Zion Williamson is certainly hampered by the fact that you just don't have him on the court often enough, consistently enough to, to figure that out. Um, And he is unique. He is a different kind of talent and it does take time with a young star to um, for them to grow into their leadership role on the court and for a team to find the right pieces around them and figure out the best formula. It, it, it just, it's, it's almost impossible if the guy can't stay on the court. So um, it's, it's, it's a mess. I mean, can you imagine like the Pelicans kind of, you know, they're below the radar because they're in new Orleans. It's a small market, not a, a, an NBA stronghold by any stretch. If this were going on in LA, New York, Chicago, a couple other places, um, it's all we'd be talking about. Yeah, yeah. The benefit from that, I guess. One of the one of the benefits of playing in a small market. Howard, good stuff, man. We'll do it again next week. Always a pleasure, my friend.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote are you still searching for your perfect place to call home well now is the time to buy at fisher homes if you're looking to move in before the end of 2024 may could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end if you're hoping to move in even sooner fisher homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you where you can start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.